Presents Black Glove Mysteries with Ian Urza and Gregor Mortis. Welcome to Black Glove Mysteries. I'm your host, Greg Amortis, along with Ian Urza. What's up, Ian? Hey, how's it going? Great. You're on episode 359, Double Double 29, LOTC listeners, and welcome. If you're new to the show, this is part of the uh, LOTC segments where we do uh, Black Glove Mysteries, which is Ian and I covering Italian horror, uh, giallo specifically, but we also throw in some... uh, We'll say some Policia, some Spaghetti Western, and we do a little bit of everything else, right? Yeah. We, we keep it fresh for you. So uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. Hope you'll enjoy this part of the show for sure. Uh, we're super excited. Good to have Ian back on and always love our time together, man, talking Italian cinema tonight. Uh, we are in for a treat as we're finishing up our uh, two-part series, Aducio Tassari, where we're looking at 1974's Puzzle as well as uh, 1973's Big Guns, No Way Out, Tony Arzenta, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's got many names. <laughs> Just a good movie is what I'll, put, I'll say. Uh, but anyways, that's what we're covering tonight. So I want to go to Ian because last episode you were talking about uh, you were going to have a guest spot over on uh, the Dune Show, man. So how did it go, brother? Have you already recorded? Yeah, it went really well. Um, we... We were we basically I mean, we we talked almost, I think, a little more pre-show and post-show than we almost did uh, during the episode. But it was it ended up being really fun. Uh, Richard changed the structure of his show a little bit. So he did this thing called like the the five key moments of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, that 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 kind of helped uh, with the structure. And we just all we both chose like moments that we loved throughout the movie. Uh, and we had a lot of fun, you know, just talking uh, strike commando and. And Red Brown uh, screaming, and just some Bruno Mattei's, uh, uh, you know, his his directorial uh, trends, where he's uh, <laughs> one of those guys who uh, is good at directing action scenes, but as as for directing a whole film, that might be another uh, issue uh, entirely. <laughs> uh, I'm not entirely sure when the episode's going to come out, but uh, it will be released at some point, so I'm sure he'll let me know. Nice, uh, check it out. It's called Hello. This is the Doomed Show. Uh, for all you wondering, I hope you've 
tuned in. They took a year off hiatus and they're back. Uh, super excited. If you go over to landthecreeps.blogspot.com, you can go to Podcast Friends. It's over there. There's a link. Click it, and it'll take you to their podcast. Uh, love those guys, man. Great, 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 great. Love, Richard. Uh, so cool. So we're back tonight. Once again, we're going to be looking at uh, 1974's Puzzle. Um, can't wait to break this little puppy down. Actually skim through it a little bit again. I watched it like four days ago, Ian. And sometimes, man, you got to just go through and just skim through every once in a while, man, just to get it fresh again. Because uh, yeah. I'm old, and uh, I honestly do not – I'm not a fan. I, I don't fault anybody that does it, but I'm not a fan of taking a ton of notes when I watch a movie because I feel I lose stuff. So I just get in and watch the movie, absorb it, and go from there. <laughs> I always have, man, because I don't want to read off a freaking paper. Uh, but anyways, that's just me. That's just my quirk. But uh, anyways, watched it again just a few minutes ago before the show. And, I, hey, I still feel the same way I did the first time I watched it because this is a first-time watch for me, Ian. I thought I'd seen it again, but I hadn't. Uh, so let's go ahead and break this thing down. What we're going to do, uh, let me go ahead and get my – radio here or my speaker i should say ready in because we're going to play a little trailer here i actually found one and i think it's going to be decent and uh let me get that one ready for us and we'll play that and then we'll come back and let you uh come in with a synopsis of this movie so let's go to the trailer here it's like i was born eight months ago in that clinic where i woke up but who am i says I'm scared. Scared of what I'd remember. Your name is Ted Walden. You were born 30 years ago. Here in jolly old England at Brockhurst in Kent. You lived here on the continent and in New York. You got married two years ago to an American. Married? Now then, buddy boy, you tell me whether... Center. It's from my long-lost husband. He disappeared in London. This means they set up our meeting. And whoever they are, they're killers. to be the work of a sadist or a madman, I think. No one in their right mind would do a thing like that. I'll kill you if you even try to bring Sarah into this. Well, that's a good start. You're getting back into character again. But who am I? A dirty, rotten bastard. Let's quit kidding around. The stuff. Where is it, buddy? Stop it! No more! Please! What I want looks like a big string of sausages. Don't! A Please. big string of white sausages. When I said I was going to kill you in five days, I wasn't kidding. Go away! Five days. Where I give you yours, Ted. 
trailer in and uh it's time to come in with a plot synopsis so take it away brother all right so plot synopsis is taken from troy howard's book so deadly uh, so perverse volume two actually in this case the first year of volume two is 1974 uh edward loses his memory following an accident and spends a better part of a year in england trying to remember his past life after receiving a mysterious note, he is able to find his wife, Sarah, who is living in Italy, while there a stranger who claims to be a part of Edward's past terrorizes Sarah and him. Will Edward be able to remember in all important detail before their lives are completely destroyed? Boom, 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 boom. First thing I got to say, Ian, and then we'll get into breaking down, getting your initial thoughts and everything. Ernesto Gastaldi. That's all you got to say. Ernesto Gastaldi, man. And, and, that's what we got here. We got an Ernesto Gastaldi screenplay, and, and it really shows, right? Yeah, it does, because he, he's the type of guy who, um, you know, he always has very intricate stories, and he usually has very uh, human characters. Like, his movies uh, really, I think, build up the character a lot, and this movie does that, especially with the two main characters, I would say. Agreed. Uh, so, was this your first time viewing, or had you seen it before? Uh, no, I had seen it one time before, and I thought it was a really interesting film, a very different type of giallo. Um, mm-hmm. It's also, it's it's pretty Hitchcockian as well, I would say. Uh, it deals with, uh, you know, a man, uh, you know, with amnesia, not re- being able to remember anything, and just, the, you know, the, the antics that go on uh, because of that as he gains his memory back and finds out that, you know, let's. There were some uh, more nefarious things uh, going on in his <laughs> life, and how he has to deal with that. Yeah, and that was uh, my viewing of it. And and here's the thing: like, we we learn pretty quick that you know because of the story that yes, Ted, who is going back the time, Peter, um, has amnesia. Eight months ago, he was in a car crash. Whatever, he woke up and uh, doesn't remember anything. And he's pretty believing in that. I think. You know, in the story, I don't know how Ernesto was writing it because was he completely amnesic or because he does have a shady past? Maybe he's just trying to get away from some things and he's using that as a crutch. You know, is that part of the story? I kind of lean toward the fact that I believe that he had true amnesia and he's trying to find himself. And then through circumstances under his uh, trying to track down a wife that he finds out he has that he didn't know, supposedly you know, things start getting knocked in his head a little bit, and then he starts remembering a little bit. <laughs> so that's the way I take it. I don't know about you. Yeah. So, uh, But I think the story, I mean, here it is. If we look at it as a giallo, okay, we don't get a black glove killer in this one. So, you know, that trope is gone. But we do get a J&B bottle. <laughs> so we yeah, do get that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, I don't remember any Aston or any kind of cigarette smoke. I don't remember that in this. I'm sure it was. But um, it, it don't stand out to me. But anyway, we do get a no, JMB bottle. Yeah. yeah, we get a JMB bottle. We got a great soundtrack. I love the score in this one. 
Um, let's see. The score in this one was by Gianni Fierio. Uh, I, I dug it, man. I liked the intro song, you know, kind of the theme song was great. And then some of the ambience throughout. So, I mean, I dig that. And, uh, I was good with the story. I was really into it as it got going. I was trying to figure out where things are going. I like how the, uh, other character comes, <laughs> this other guy, I'm calling him Steve Gutenberg from now on. Like this, <laughs> and I'm talking about Umberto Orsini. Uh, wasn't that his yeah. name? The uh, the girl uh, boyfriend of Sarah Reinhardt, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, dude. What in the hell does he not? And it was George. It's Bruno Corzari. Was he not looking like Steve Gutenberg? Like if you look at him from the side view, sometimes I swear, dude. I think it was. I, I, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about though, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I dude, I just kept getting it. it. I kept getting it in my head like, it's not Steve Gutenberg. It's not Steve Gutenberg. I had to keep repeating it. It's only Bruno a movie. Corazari, who who plays George, has a long list long list of credits where he plays villains. Like, he played a villain in, like, so many spaghetti westerns. Like, mm-hmm. I could read off just a ton. Um, but he played villains. I think most of the time he played villains, but... Uh, uh, Death Rides a Horse, Hallelujah for Django, The Bell Star Story, Long Ride from Hell, uh, $1,000. Uh, I can't remember what the what the actual um, English title of this is. Yeah. Uh, $1,000 per killing or something like that, I think. Um, Ace High, The Great Silence, Once Upon a Time in the West. Like, he's, you know, Adio Sabata. So just, like, so many different... Um, Movies and we actually saw him before mm-hmm. in uh, in Strange Vice and Mrs. Ward because he played the um, he played the other killer in that. Like if you remember in Strange Vice and Mrs. Ward, there's like another serial killer that's yes. killing people during the movie. Yes, and he gets killed by um, I think the the I think he tries to kill like an an airline hostess at one point and she ends up killing him or something. I right, think that that's what happens if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're um, right. That, that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 got a very recognizable face in in Italian genre films, especially spaghetti westerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing: like for me watching, and it's Umberto Orsini. That I, I meant Daniel, the guy that played Daniel, not George, uh, but Daniel, the guy that played him, just reminded me so much of Steve Gutenberg. Uh, but I thought the story. I mean, the story plays pretty well. It's simple. There's not a lot of twists or turns coming at you, right? I think everything's pretty uh pretty simple it's not you know a lot of red herrings to me you got one individual that you know you kind of up and down with but i don't think it's even that type movie do you uh not necessarily i mean i i kind of like you know just the different i like the different locations i'm not entirely sure where this was filmed but i i enjoy uh i want to say it was like lombardia i can't remember um Hmm. It was it, it just had different locations and and uh, Tassari's you know directorial style is really cool. Like he shoots a lot of high angles and low angles and really cool tracking shots. There's an awesome fight scene where he shoots it from all these different like weird angles, like from like way long shots and way um, way like medium shots of them like side to side. And that you you probably know the scene I'm talking about. The I do. awesome fight scene, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the uh, where this movie uh, was filmed, but Ligar- it, it, it was Ligaria. Yeah, that that whole area because it's like Venice, but it's like slightly different. It almost feels like a more 
like um, Venice on an island or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, as the movie goes on, like there are different like it's it, for the first 20 minutes or so, it focuses uh, more on Ted. And then the next 20 minutes, it kind of focuses more on Sarah before they kind of come together. A little bit and you get different suspense scenes interwoven here and there like the scene where someone breaks into sarah's house the part when the when the dog uh, gets killed and everything mm-hmm. so there are there are a lot of different things going on as, as you're spending time with the characters and you know there are little tells to who's really who along the way although the whole time you kind of know george is a bad guy even though he kind of pretends to help at first mm-hmm. Um, you get Anita Strindberg showing up for a couple of minutes as uh, as Mary. basically a woman from Ted's past, and she's sort of part of the whole thing as well. And uh, you get you get some fun things like the the whole thing with like the cast and, and how she like takes the cast off and, and everything like that. Um, mm. The little kid, I don't know if I was supposed to find him annoying or not. Um, <laughs> Luca. Luca. He was annoying as hell. I, I think it was the dub that was more annoying than the character was. That's just my guess. Such um, a perverted kid. <laughs> he was so obsessed with Sarah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just creepy, man. But no, he was. He I, And it may be, like you said, I think it might be the dubbing, but it, it was just an annoying character. He really was. Yeah. Like the part when he's like, when you first hear him speak, like when he's like, uh, like he's like, uh, you're my fiance. Everyone will do the doggy paddle now. Or so like, I'm like, what, what is this? What is going on with this kid? <laughs> and when he first meets Daniel outside in the car and he starts freaking out on him cause he wants to get in the car and I ain't going with you. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost, it's not as annoying a house by the cemetery, the little blonde kid. It's not quite as bad as that, but it's still pretty bad. Still pretty bad. And no, was... not much is as annoying as that, but it's it's close. I mean, actually, I got to say, the kid from... Have you ever seen the movie Absurd? The, uh, yes. The George Eastman movie? Yes. The little kid in that might be more annoying <laughs> than Bob in House by the Cemetery. That might be like the number one most annoying kid. Dude, we should totally do an episode one day of just the most annoying kids. Like, and just do episode about annoying kids and well, we can always cinema. do like double like we could always do like a double feature of anthropophagus and absurd oh my god yeah um, <laughs> but yeah well i mean and the, even the kid who plays bob comes back again in uh in uh what's it called uh warriors of the wasteland i think it is mm-hmm. the um enzo g castellari post-apocalyptic movie i don't think he's dubbed by the same person in that but he's like a little kid with like a slingshot in that um <laughs> in the post-apocalyptic movie yeah so that's that's uh that's a f- another fun role for him mm-hmm. um now i did uh, i will say I'll say I did love Santa Burger in here. I liked Sarah's character. I liked the depth of it. Uh, yeah. I liked how that they, they pulled the scenario when Ted shows up and uh, he says, who am I? And it was in the trailer. She's like, you're a, you're a dirty, rotten bastard or whatever she says. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I'm not a nice guy, I guess. <laughs> I mean, she's like, no, because he basically left her, right? So we know somehow he left her in Italy and ended up where he was at and then car crashed. So, and she, I guess, quickly moved on because she had done had a thing with Daniel. So I guess she was like, you know, I guess he's gone. I'm just going to, but we find out Ted's not, you know, Ted had a really shady past. Like he's not a nice guy. So, um, how did you feel the movie 
and not to speed it up too much, but the ending of the movie, how the climax of it and all that went down. Did you like that? Was it paced well? I mean, I preferred it. I actually liked it. I liked how it even ended with the last scene of the movie. Uh, kind of, I don't know if I should spoil it too much, but, you know, what, what went down with uh, Ted at the end of the movie. Well, um, it's one of those things where there are different tells along the way. Like he, he, he'll remember vague things and then he'll kind of remember big things a little later on. Like early on, he has the moment with the, the clock and mm-hmm. Sarah's like, oh yeah, you bought that for me when we were in Italy. And, you know, there's hints of him, um, going to New York and there's this other woman mentioned who ends up being somehow part of it. So there's a lot there's a lot kind of going on and it ties up really well at the end. You've got that big fight scene and then you've got these the sort of suspense scene where you know the person there is a person revealed to be the the sort of big bad of the movie and it, there's a lot of suspense in that scene between that person and uh Sarah uh at the end where she has to kind of keep up the ruse as long as she, she can. Uh, before Ted gets there to help her. And even when Ted does, it's, uh, it has a very surprising conclusion, let's say, to, mm-hmm. to, how, uh, to how that goes down. Agree. Um, any kind of uh, improvement you would have done if you would have had it, if it would have been a perfect movie, right? What would you have changed? Would you have done anything different? Like, would you have added some kind of mystery with a black glove killer? Because I really don't think it really warrants it in this story. But still, I mean, would you preferred to have a lot of red herrings thrown at you because it's really ain't that type movie in my opinion no i mean the only thing i could think of is maybe more with anita strindberg's character mm-hmm. i don't necessarily know what purpose she actually kind of served um in the film there i think there could have been something more with her I, I maybe not a love triangle per se but something where she's more involved because i think she kind of just disappears at a certain point like it's the thing that happens with her feels a little unresolved, I think. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, the pace is good in this one, though. I mean, it is more of a slow burn type film, but there is enough given to me that I was entertained enough to be in it. Um, I think the the overall direction I enjoyed. I thought he'd done well with keeping it kind of impactful. I mean, that scene at the beginning when he's, uh, getting ready to be shot and something happens through a window I thought was great. You know, that's a cool little, uh, whoa, what happened type moment. So that was cool. And then, you know, they give you all those little tidbits. I could have done without the kid. I didn't need Luca. You know, that was just kind of a throw another character in there. And, uh, he was in, um, he was also in, uh, don't torture a duckling. He was one of the kids in Don't Torture a Duckling. Oh, was he? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was I interesting. Didn't, I didn't know that. I'll have to, yeah, mm-hmm. when I watch Don't Torture a Duckling again, I'll have to, um, I'll have to see if I can notice him because I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that only because I don't think those kids' names have ever been found. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where I just never, I never put it together just by faces. Although, yeah, he looks slightly older than he did in don't torture a duckling i guess he does um if i'm trying to go back and remember what those kids look like yeah i do too the only one i can remember is the main kid (laughs) it's definitely not him uh no i was reading i can remember the um yeah i can remember the one who who sees barbara boucher and that's not him he's one of the other ones i think yeah i think he and there was a few kids in there and even some that were just in like it could have been one of the kids in the schoolyard for all i know i don't know yeah he could have been one of those or he could have even been the one who gets killed uh later in the movie yeah Um, yeah yeah so uh just a little tidbit for i found in research but um 
the music in this one was good. The action in this one is pretty decent. It does have a chainsaw. We get a chainsaw in this movie. I thought it was interesting. It's that whole drama of it won't start. Ring, ring. And then it just had to start right at the last second. You know, you're all right. Um, <laughs> I could get a kick out of that. A chainsaw in a Jalo movie is great, right? We know that because pieces. We know that it can work. Uh, did we need it in this? Eh. It was all right. It was climatic. Um, <laughs> but I'm with you. I would have liked to seen a little bit more of uh, Strindberg. I'd love to seen that. Uh, she's too much of a talent not to give her a bigger part. But... Yeah, I feel like it's a bit of a wasted performance. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not not her fault. I think it's probably the fault of the, the people involved of like giving sure. her a little something more to do. Every other role I've seen her in, she just she has more to do than she does in this. Yeah, and it, I mean, and it could be maybe there was money restraint. Maybe she only had a certain amount of time to be there. I mean, we don't know. I mean, it could something could have played into why she didn't, but it just seemed like a throwaway character, and she she's not a throwaway actor. So that just kind of threw me off a little bit. Uh, but I do like George, like you said, Bruno. I did like him. I like the dynamic that he brought to this uh, to the movie. Uh, we needed that other stiff guy, and uh, I will say that that Luke. The guy that plays Ted, Luke Miranda, kind of a dry actor, right? He's not got a lot of personality, in my opinion. Um, I disagree, but I I think he takes a little while to warm up to mm-hmm. because I didn't necessarily love him when I started seeing him in a ton of Euro crime movies. Like he's like one of the big actors in Euro crime movies. He's in a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Waves well, uh, in Torso directed- as well. What's up? He was in Torso as well, which yeah, I really enjoyed. Yeah, he the doctor in Torso, yeah. and he went on to collaborate with Sergio Martino on several of his Eurocrime movies, um, The Violent Professionals being the biggest one, and he's also in a lot of Fernando de Leo movies. I think it takes a little while to warm up to him, but if you'd ever want to cover some of his Eurocrime movies, I think you might have a different response to him, uh, especially if we covered Shoot First, Die Later, which I think is probably his best performance i've seen him give in a film uh he's you know he's a lot of the physical scenes he's good in because i think he's doing a lot of his own stunts he actually there's a movie called destruction force that was made in the late 70s 77 i think uh it was the second movie where tomas milian played monetza and luke Miranda plays a cop in it um and he he suffered an injury on there that left him with uh, like half of his body paralyzed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see you can see it in the stunt that it's dangerous where he's got his um, he's got his hands restrained by like not handcuffs, but something like that. Like he's got him tied up and he has to like force himself backwards with a kick. And that's how he paralyzed uh, part of his body he was doing that stunt. Oh, wow. Damn. Uh, yeah, I would have to see more of them. And this one, I just feel like, and it was the character. I may not have been just him. I mean, the character itself is just kind of, and maybe that's why, I mean, he's amnesic. So, you know, he would go in kind of robotic. He would kind of, because he's learning everything like a kid. Uh, so maybe that's what it is to you. Just, it, it felt dry to me. It just felt really dry. I did like to see the fight sequences he had, though. That was something that, that pleased me there. Um, but I just felt like the second half of the movie is all about Sarah, and I really enjoyed Sarah. I liked seeing her. I liked what she brought to the table. Like you said, the cast, you know, where we find out there's something in a cast and, you know, what happens there. Uh, all those elements, man, we needed because – I just felt like the movie would have not went anywhere without it. So we needed that element. And 
Uh, could they, I think, maybe focused a little more on the, uh, God, I don't want to say drugs. If they focused a little more on that, maybe, but then they, I don't know, man. It would have turned it into a Polizia, and then we wouldn't have even been here with Jalo. So I don't know, man. <laughs> I like seeing uh, Tom Falegi play the psychiatrist at the very beginning. <laughs> I did, yes. And his, his character, too. I mean, he was just. He's a, he's a psychiatrist, man. But he's trying to, you know, you can tell he's he's being a psychiatrist, right? Yeah. But at the same time, he's kind of pressing him because I think he's kind of in the same boat as the other guy. He knows who he is, and he, maybe he's not got amnesia. Maybe he's faking this thing. You know? But uh, no, I do like Tom Flegg. Yeah, I do. I was trying to think of some other characters here. I know we not had too many. I, no. I I did find it funny though. I didn't I didn't recognize Umberto Orsini at first when I watched Big Guns from this movie. It I didn't either. They, he's the right hand man. They say, but I don't remember yeah. seeing him. And I, yeah, he's he's the right hand man of Richard Conti. He has like dark hair and glasses. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why the glasses threw me off. I don't know. Yeah. But, but when I was doing it, I was like, he was in Big Guns? <laughs> I just watched it. Yeah, I don't no, remember. He has a pretty big role in it. Yeah. yeah. It just did not strike me. And I can't wait to talk about that one. But uh, um, Senta Berger, mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in too much else, but she did get, she did, she was in two Sam Peckinpah movies, one of which I still have yet to see uh, for whatever reason, which is Major Dundee. But I have seen Cross of Iron um, in that she yeah. plays like this. Uh, that's actually a World War II movie uh, shot from the German perspective. And James Coburn plays a German soldier who ends up getting wounded and goes to a hospital. And he falls in love with a nurse that's played by Santa Berger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's still fairly, what, 2019, she did a series called Under Suspicion. She was on 30 episodes. So, uh, active, yeah. active, active. She was a very attractive lady, too. She just had that uh jalo look you know you got to have that woman and she could have been in a lot more uh movies back in the day i think i think she would have been a good lead lady uh, yeah i'd like to see more of her but there again anita strindberg total miss dude like come on bro i, I would love to went to the director and say hey bro <laughs> what are you doing here man you got a freaking mega star here and you're not using them. i like yeah. the uh wikipedia if you look up wikipedia and you look this movie up and they have a uh, uh, an Italian poster and it's Titanus uh, who released it. And I love the, the blue font that they use in these movies. I love it. I love how they got a puzzle and then it's like a piece missing. You got a handgun. I love it, man. I love the poster. This simple, but, but yeah, complex. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. So overall, man, this is a fun watch. Um, it's weaker on some of the shallow aspects that you don't get a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of murder. There's not a lot of kills in this one. So it's not that type movie. Although there are a couple, right? Um, you don't get a black glove killer, so you don't have that element, but you do get the J and B bottle and you do get some, uh, a twist, uh, somewhat at the end. So, um, overall, man, I think this is enjoyable, man. I, I was pleased with it and I, I can't wait to see it again. And I think it's actually, I mean, it's it's more, I would say, a lesser known. I don't hear this one talked a lot, uh, but I think it should be given. Like, a, a, it's, it's spotlight a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Was there any dubbing or anything that you had on this one? Because, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I Great. did, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, Senta Berger as Sarah, as dubbed by Susan Spafford, uh, same woman who dubbed Barbara Boucher in, like, a ton of her movies, like Don't Torture a Duckling. Uh, and she dubbed uh, Olga Carlatos in Zombie, so same voice. 
Uh, let's see here. I don't. Let's see. I think I think Alberto Orsini is dubbed by Robert Summer. I I I, I don't entirely know, but I, I think so. A lot of these are going to be speculation because I don't a hundred percent know. But um, Bruno Corazzari, I think he may have been dubbed by Richard McNamara. And Philip, this one I think I know for sure. Uh, Manfred Freeberger as Philip, who shows up at the very beginning. Uh, Luke Miranda ends up uh, killing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I think, is dubbed by Louis Cinelli. But again, I'm not 100% sure. The only one I'm like 100% sure on is Susan Spafford dubbing Sarah, uh, Santa Burger as Sarah. That I know for sure. Nice. So I always love hearing the dubbing, even though I don't know any of these people. But when you like you just said, like Sarah was dubbed by you think the same one that done Barbara Boucher. Well, of course, I know that voice. <laughs> I mean, we hear, we've seen a lot of Barbara Boucher, so we know her voice on these. That's actually kind of cool. Man. Yeah, I think she, yeah, I think she dubbed her also in uh, like uh, what's the uh, not seven deaths in the cat's eye, but um, what was the uh, Red Queen kills seven times? That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that very familiar voice. Nice. I love it. Well, you got anything else for a puzzle? Uh, not that, not that I can think of really. No. All right. Well, cool. We'll check out the movie puzzle. Uh, it was on Tubi. I don't know anywhere else. What was else? Was it on shutter or something or arrow or somewhere, somewhere else too, but it is on Tubi. I will say, uh, so you can check it over there. So Ian, what's your rating for 1974 puzzle? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. And that's exactly what I had it on letterbox. So it's an eight for both of us. Uh, a good watch, man. Definitely check it out and see where you can go with it with Sarah. We love Sarah. Uh, so there you go. 1974 puzzle. And next up, as we cut this little juicer back on, we're going to go to, uh, 1973. We're going back in time, buddy. We're going, <laughs> but we're saving the same director. Uh, so let's go to the movie No Way Out, and we're going to play the trailer for it. So let me pull that up, and hopefully there's no commercials, Ian. Let's hope. <laughs> Happy birthday, young man. And may you have many, many more. Soltanto questo che 
a.k.a. <laughs> all these other movies. So, uh, Ian, what you got for a plot synopsis? So, actually, I took out a different book for this, uh, Italian Crime Filmography from 1968 to 1980 by Roberto Curti. And his synopsis are actually pretty detailed. Uh, I'll have to skip the ending part because I really do not want to spoil the ending of this film. <laughs> uh, Milan, Tony Arzenta, is a hitman at the service of a powerful mafia family which operates all over Europe. Tired of his job and wanting to spend more time with his family, Tony decides to quit. Yet he knows too much, so his bosses, the Parisian Carré, the German-born Grunwald, the Milanese Rocco Cutita, and the Italian-American Nick Gusto attempt to get rid of him by putting a bomb in his car. The explosion kills Tony's wife and child, and Arzenta vows vengeance. He survives a murder attempt just after his beloved one's funerals, chases the killer... That chases the killers and, and murders them with the help of his friend Domenico Maggio. Then Tony sets out to kill the head of the French branch of the organization, Carre, and he reaches and he reaches through the who whom he reaches through the boss's girlfriend Sandra and dispatches him on a train. Afterwards, Ozenta kills Grunwald, but is badly wounded in the shootout and is aided and is aided towards recovery by Italian his Italian friend in Copenhagen, Luca Danino. Back in Milan, Domenico is tortured and murdered after revealing Tony's hideout. Arzenta survives the upteenth ambush, though, and kills Katita. He then leaves for Sicily with Sandra to pay visit to his parents. Nick Gusto, the only living boss left, pretends to make peace and invites Tony to his daughter's wedding. Dun, dun, dun. That's all I'll say for that. Yeah. Uh, how many times have you seen this one? Uh, this was actually a first time watch for me, which oh, is nice. why I was so happy because I love this movie. <laughs> I do too. And this was the first time for me. I'd never heard of it. 
there again, I'm not well versed, listeners, at all when it gets into uh, Policia f- move, you know, movies or spaghetti westerns or anything like that. So Ian's opening my eyes to a lot of new world. Uh, so I was super pleased with this one, brother. Yeah, I I was like I I loved it because I loved I loved like these movies like um what's it Death Rage Death Rage is another one where it's about like this hitman who kind of wants a different life and mm-hmm. you kind of get the feeling that they it could go either way where they could be kind of screwed or they could end up finding a way to get that life but I I kind of like the feeling of of doom in some of these zero crime movies like they don't always they don't always have the happiest endings in the world. And I think that's kind of the way it should be for these people. Like yeah. it's, it's one of those things where there's a darkness to them. And, and even though you want to see them get away from this life, there's a party that thinks, well, maybe they shouldn't, you know, it almost mm-hmm. feels, it almost feels better to have a, an unhappy ending in some ways. Yeah, I agree because of the lifestyle they're living. It's almost that karma eventually hits you. And, uh, but you do like to see the ride that they're on. And that's what I liked about this one. I really loved seeing, um, Aline Delon, who played Tony, I thought he'd done an amazing job as the lead character in this movie. I felt the emotion, you know, because we did, and it's not a spoiler necessarily. It happened within the first few minutes of the movie. It's the whole setup is the mom, you know, the wife and the son are, are murdered, you know, sp- specifically supposed to be him, but it was, you know, the wife and son that got the brunt of it. So then he's on vengeance, right? It's revenge mode throughout the rest of it. And, man does this thing have some great kill sequences some shoots but the car chase scene was freaking awesome like there's a head-on collision i don't know how anybody didn't die in that thing keep in mind listeners 1973 there was no airbags there was no there was no special uh a rap uh apparatuses to protect you like dude straight up man they dude head-on collision i'm like what in the world yeah, like, there's that whole thing with like the the wooden scaffolding at yes. the beginning where they just run right into that. <laughs> then, then you got that car chase scene where they end up on the bridge later on, which yeah. is awesome. There's two awesome car chases in this. It is there, that that scene on the train is awesome too. Oh like, my where he god! Shoots the guy out of the train, oh. and, they, yeah. and what happens after is just like the double triple whammy. Like you just got shot, but guess what? You got something else coming. <laughs> That was that to me. I laughed. I chuckled because of what kept happening to him. Is but as I'm chuckling, yeah. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> like, then you have you have the awesome scene where Tony tracks down Grunwald and just goes up to him, shoots him, and then shoots yeah. his bodyguard and his driver. Yeah. And like the driver's trying to, I think it's the driver who's trying to get back to his gun, and like Tony leaps over the stairs, just stabs him. Which mm-hmm. is like one of the best. I love that. Might have been like my favorite moment of the whole movie. Is I, I think Elaine Delon's actually doing that stunt where he just jumps and stabs him. <laughs> the squib shots and the different things they did in this movie were oh, outstanding yeah. like really great there's a couple shots to a face that looks so realistic like there was not a maniac rival moment i'm not going to say that because tom savini just mastered that head blast but there was a headshot scene in a car that was just like pretty brutal uh so there is a lot of that in this one and i enjoy that because i love that and i don't know that too many too many regions other than the Italians really nailed it. And they did a great job in this one, man. Like, dude, I was so like, Oh man, I didn't see that coming. Oh, and I enjoyed that. I don't know who did the, uh, I don't know exactly who did the effects in this one, but man, it was really well done. 
And uh, you got great music, Gianni Ferrario once again. This, I think, is his best score out of any of the ones I've heard from him. Yeah, this was amazing. Like it was, it was beautiful. You got there's a there's a certain theme that plays, and he'll do it like in this harmonica, but then he'll do it like in piano in some scenes, and sometimes with strings. And it's it's just an incredible score. The harmonica one is is my is my favorite. I, I like that. Yeah, I'm a big string guy, but I, I know what you're talking about, and I did enjoy that. Uh, I don't know, man. This thing is fun. Like this is just a fun shut your brain off and just watch a lot because i'm just looking for kills and that's all i'm looking for this one the revenge aspect and i was satisfied that ending though without spoiling anything was was just jaw dropping it was just like oh <laughs> it's like, damn it uh yeah i even looked at pearl like damn it <laughs> but but uh satisfied like it was satisfied like this whole movie that's the word that i want to put in it satisfied like i was satisfied with everything about it um the fight sequences are great the shoot sequences are great the car crash and the racing is awesome like i've never seen two small probably four-cylinder cars sound so muscle-fied and (laughs) and think that they're going 180 miles an hour because that's what they make you feel they're doing and the squealing and the things they're going whoever was the stunt drivers ian were phenomenal like i've never seen so many do the almost like uh what was the the movie oh shoot um Oh crap! I can't think of the damn movie. Um, anyway, where they spin the car around like in almost a three sixty, and then boom, take off again. Like I cannot remember. Oh, it was uh, not Soul Train. Uh, oh, anyways, there was one of those movies. Uh, but anyways, they, there was some really good stunt driving in this movie, man. Outstanding. Uh, that's all I can say. Like everything I want to say about this movie, in is like it's outstanding. Like the the fight sequences, the action, everything is just mind blowing. Yeah, and I. I, you know, I love the cast in this movie too. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many people I recognize and you would recognize as well. Like, just an insanely stacked cast of people. Like, it made me want to watch some of Elaine Delon's like earlier movies, like the movies he was doing uh, with uh, Visconti and Jean Pierre Melville and, and Jean Luc uh, Godard um, as well. But mm-hmm. Richard Conti, who's in a lot of Euro crime films, but also uh, known for his role as Barzini in The Godfather, playing yes. Nick. And I think he's dubbing his own voice as well. Uh, Mark Perel, a guy from Don't Torture a Duckling and The Psychic, playing Domenico. Nicoletta Machiavelli, playing uh, Tony's wife at the beginning of the film. Mm. Uh, Silvano Tranquilli, uh, playing the uh, Interpol agent, who I think shows up for only one scene. Um, Corrado Guipa as uh, Tony's father, who I've seen in other stuff. Uh, Umberto Orsini, again, as uh, Gusto's right-hand guy. Uh, Giancarlo, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Zabragia. Um, I don't know if that's right, but... Uh, Luca as Luca, uh, Erica Blanc playing the prostitute in one scene, mm-hmm. uh, Rosalba Neri playing Katita's wife, Anton Differing as Grunewald, and one guy who's not even in the credits I'm seeing here is uh, is Guido Alberti, who plays the uh, the priest who was who had a very big role in Lucio Fulci's Contraband. So, a lot of people I've seen in other movies. Yeah, Laura Donnie Nusak, who was in uh, she was in Django love seeing her and i love Django, man that one oh my god we got to do that one one day yeah she plays the yeah she plays the girl in Django. that's right yeah love 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 that movie man i just i, I loved it so much i bought it on era video that was one of the first that is i think it was the first spaghetti western i've ever owned 
uh, just watched it on Arrow Video out of chance and just watched. And I was like, holy shit, man, I got to have this. Like, it's so freaking good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, 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 there's nothing touched yet on Spaghetti Western, but I've not seen like you have. So, but anyway, Django's just freaking phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, seeing her, I was like, yep, I recognized her. Uh, but no, man, I just, uh, it's a fun movie to watch, man. It's just got, if you like kills and, and shooting up, uh, those type movies, man, you're going to love this movie. Like, I think it gives you enough to keep you entertained throughout. And uh, I, I'm, I'm pleased that this was your first time viewing too. I thought you'd seen it before. So I was no. like going to you, like thinking maybe you'd already seen this a few times and that, but sitting first time together, man, that's freaking awesome, dude. There's another cool, like really cool gunshot moment where, he kills someone and there's like a fishbowl behind him. The fishbowl <laughs> just explodes. Yes. I almost thought that he missed, like he was just shooting a fishbowl. But then, no, the flashback scene when they showed back, I'm like, no, he, he legit went through him into the aquarium, man. I was like, damn. <laughs> there's a scene where he shoots a dude in the face, man. And like, you, they, you see the shot and then you see the face and like the glass, he's wearing sunglasses or whatever. And part of the shades are like missing where he shot i was like dude they went so great with detail man like all the way to that moment i was like fuck yes i love this shit oh yeah and you have your euro crime movies some of them focus on the police and there are others that are kind of like this where it's like hitmen and like mafia just always double crossing each other i mean this is one i'd put right there again with like uh death rage and uh ill boss the boss of henry silva cry of a prostitute with henry silva like it's it's in that sort of world of like hitmen and just and the mafia and this one guy kind of against all of them trying to to kind of pit them against each other or find a way to to get rid of all of them and mm. i i love those kind of movies oh yeah i would totally prefer that like I, I, not that i dislike police procedural movies but this old man is is so well in the way it's set up. I didn't need all that. I just want to see the action. Like I want to see is Tony going to get his revenge, right? And he's got a lot of people to go after. This is not. This is almost like going like into a Godfather mode. Like there's a lot of bosses. There's a lot of criminals out here that he's he's going to have to go after. And he's one by one, man. You see the setup, and I'm like, oh man, because you want that revenge. Like he lost his wife and son, who you you see in the early on in the movie. You know, he loved that kid, and uh, to see him, you know, he was like, I'm yeah, I'm vengeful, and I love it, man. I love where they went with this one. They there was so many cool fight sequences in this one that just had me uh, really pleased, man, for real. And I don't know, has Severn or anybody released this? No, but Radiance is doing a Blu-ray of it uh, nice. soon. I know that, like next month. Um, I don't. Ex I'm, let me look here because I have it brought up just because I wanted to look at the features. Okay, so new restoration, um, archival interview uh, with Elaine Delon, uh, new interview with Euro Crime Authority Mike Malloy. There it is. Yeah. Uh, within its place of the Polizia Tesco Canon. Uh, select scene commentary with critic Peter Jilmstad on the incredible supporting cast of the film, which we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, trailer, newly translated English subtitles for Italian audio, audio and English standard definition subtitles for English audio. Reversible sleeve, uh, limited edition booklet uh, featuring new writing by scholar Leela Wimmer, um, limited edition of 3,000 copies. So there we oh, go. Wow. So you better uh, get on it so quick. So March, March 25th, that's the release date. Is there a pre-order already out? 
Uh, yeah, I think you could probably get it on Radiance's site, or you can probably get it on like Diabolic mm-hmm. as well. I would assume. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and say this up front while we're it's on my mind though. It, with three thousand copies only, you better jump on it because it's going to be one. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, out that's there. um, Raro Video, Radiance, Code Red, all of those companies are pretty. Um, they're they 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 don't always release too many copies of all of their stuff. Mm. Severin does that sometimes too uh, with some of their four Ks and different things we've been seeing, and they do like a you know Black Friday spell special. If you don't get on it on Black Friday, then you're going to pay. Uh, and that sucks. Dude, <laughs> they got the money. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is one I'm definitely, I see. Oh, okay. I see. They've got the balls too. Now is radiance. Is that out of the UK or out of Italy or where's that out of UK? I believe. Okay, yeah, cause I'm I, think seeing, it's, I think it's basically the UK version of Raro video. I think it's a lot of the same people. Yeah. I was looking at their site. It definitely, uh, have you seen the boss? Fernando uh, De Leo. Yeah, 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 I own it. I've seen it okay. several times. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's great. Okay, all right, cool. So I, I have a Fernando De Leo collection. Uh, Fernando De Leo collection that has that uh, that has that Milan Caliber Nine, the Italian connection, and I think uh, Rulers of the City, aka Mister Scarface. That that had a, a Raro Video Blu-ray at one time. All four of those films together. I think it probably still does. Mm. Okay, yeah, I've got the. Uh... Tony Arzenta pulled up, so that's uh yeah, that's not bad on the price, man, at all, as far as pound, fourteen ninety nine, so that's sure what about twenty dollars probably. Yeah, something like that. So that's not bad. I mean that's that's actually decent for a Blu ray and I, dude, I'm telling you straight up, like listeners, if you like action type stuff, man, putting yourself in like the Godfather era, you know, that time period. You're gonna love this movie, man. This is really fun. There's yeah. a scene in the uh, in the junkyard. They were oh, the, tra- yeah, the junkyard oh, scene, God, dude. That was so brutal. And I was like, and I'm gonna spoil something for about two seconds. I got to, but the one guy gives up the the whereabouts, and I'm like, why did you give? I get that you, you know, the pressure's on, whatever. You're fixing to get blowtorch, but like, dude, you knew you were gonna die anyways. You know, it's like they're not gonna let you go. Give up that. Yeah, here I'll get the address away, and they'll let me. No, they're gonna kill you anyways, man. Take it to the grave, bro. I was like, ah, oh, so disappointed. But the way that that ending the claw, I was like, oh shit, dude. <laughs> oh, so many of those scenes, man. God, I so enjoyed this one, Ian. Like legit, really enjoyed this one, and uh, I- I've got to get this. I- I- like I said, I'm looking at Radiance, but I'm gonna probably head over to Diabolic and see if they have. Uh, have it over there as well uh because man i've got <laughs> i've got to get this movie man i just feel like this would go good with that vengeance set you know what's what was the set we bought the uh oh violent street set that uh Severin yeah. had out yeah this would have been good in that set uh something like this one but uh let's see tony arzenta let's see if uh arzenta as we're recording you got anything on dubbing or anything because i don't think it's where really had dubbing did it no um I, you know, the English dub, I, I didn't really recognize any of the voices. I mean, I, I recognized a few of them, but I definitely couldn't put a name to any of them, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, yeah. Diabolic has it as a pre-order for twenty five ninety nine. listeners. Uh, don't know how long that will be available. Cause I'm telling you with 3000 copies, it don't, it sounds a lot, but that's not a lot. When you're talking worldwide, and I don't know how popular is this one. I, I mean, I'm coming at uh, first time viewing, so I'd never even heard of it. So I don't know what the underground viewing of this is. Like it had a big following or anything. I don't know. 
Um, I think it might have a decent following. Okay. Uh, from what I know, I think this film is pretty popular, but I don't know entirely. Like, I don't think it, it won't sell out in five minutes. That, yeah. that I will say. But how do you feel the the transfer? I've never had anything from Radiant, so how is the transfer? It, if it's anything like the Raro Video ones, it'll be fine. Okay, it's basically like, like Shameless or a little better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's better than that. Okay, um, usually I would say. <laughs> yeah, Shameless. Like Ian knows, I know because we own a few. <laughs> we love. I'm not cracking on Shameless necessarily, but they'll throw a Blu-ray out. But it's basically VHS quality. <laughs> but we love you, man. You put movies out that we can't get sometimes, dude. So I love you. I'm not cracking on you, Shameless. I love you, buddy. Uh, appreciate what you do put out. But yeah, you're not getting era video <laughs> restoration over here or anything. Uh, but cool. Yeah, and then they, they have another Blu-ray of one of Tassari's other movies that I've yet to get, which is Death Occurred last night. Um, that one is already out. Radiance does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So death. All right. Well, cool. Uh, damn, that's not bad, dude. I may have to jump on this one. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> damn it, Ian. You got me over here wanting to buy Policia movies or whatever. What would you consider this? It's not Policia. This is. Yeah, it would be. Would it it's, be? Okay. It's still part of that. Yeah, it's still part of that whole genre. Okay. All right, cool. What else you have on uh, No Way Out? Nothing that I can really think of other than how much the ending stunned me. Oh, God, it's a shock, dude. I'm telling you, if there's ever been a jaw-dropping ending, like, this was a jaw-dropping scene. Like, it legit just took me, huh, and my jaw was down. I, man, I literally had to pull it back up. Like, what the fuck did I just see, man? Damn it. Uh, <laughs> so, go into it knowing that. But it's under three, at least three titles, right? It's under No Way Out. It may be under Big Guns, or it may be under Tony Arzenta. So that's three of the names. I don't know why some of these movies, why is it in? Sometimes because it comes over from Italy, they translate it something different in English, whatever. Um, what do you prefer, the Tony Arzenta, No Way Out, or Big Guns? Uh, No Way Out kind of sounds like the best title mm -hmm. for the movie, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, it also could have been a thing where whoever the American promoter was decided to name it something else when they put it out. So that could have been one of the names as well, where one of them comes from. And I'm sure uh, they went with the big guns because you're, you know, that's, that's something that if you hear the name big guns, you're thinking, oh, wow, we're going to get a lot of, you know, freaking high powered yeah. weaponry and stuff. So I get that. But I mean, Tony Arzento is pretty plain. That's giving you more of a, you know, when you give a person's name as a title, you're like, okay, eh, maybe I'll check it out. But you put a name, Big Guns, you're like, oh, shit, I got to check that out because it's got <laughs> So it's a play on, on titles, man. It's a play on getting you to watch something. I'm telling you, watch this damn thing. Some of the shootouts in the streets, man, there's a scene where uh, a woman gets shot by a cart. Man, it's just freaking awesome. Like, dude, there's so many good fight sequences in this one, man. And Tony's character is freaking awesome. He is a badass dude. Uh, you screwed with the wrong guy. That's all I gotta say. Uh, he would have been a good James Bond. I don't know. No, nah, probably not. <laughs> uh, so what else you got, brother? Uh, nothing that I can really think of. All right. So um, let's go ahead and go to a rating on this one. Uh, what do you rate this one? This is a first time viewing for you. Uh, I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm actually giving this sucker a nine five, man. I really freaking love this movie. And I uh, cannot wait. Man, this is one I'm going to watch a lot. I need to get back into our violent streets, man. i got to get back in there. I never finished that set yet. Uh, I've got to get in there and finish those sets too, though. But but uh, I'm getting there, Ian. I swear I'm getting there, dude. You're, you're opening me up to a whole new world. A whole yeah, Freehand new... for a Tough Cop is, is one of the best ones. I know you already watched Almost Human. I did, so. yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, really good. All right, listeners. Well, that has been your episode. We're super excited about something, though, and that is the next episode. So Ian is going to go ahead and let you know so you can go ahead and watch along, go ahead and be on tune with us, and then you can check it out with us. So what is the next two movies that we're going to be reviewing? All right, we're going to be doing a spotlight on Dario Argento's 1990s film. So we're going to be doing an episode on trauma and the Standall syndrome. Ooh, yes, these are going to be fun, guys. Uh, so definitely, definitely, definitely check them out. They're easily a- attainable out there online, so it's not something that you're going to have a hard time trying to find. Uh, I'm sure you can find both of them out there. So trauma and uh Stendog, definitely watch them, man. Get them. It's Argento, man. You got if you've not seen them, you definitely want to check them out just because it's Argento. And then the following episode after that's gonna be great too. Ian. I don't know if we want to get too far ahead of that, but uh yeah. we're 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 doing some exciting stuff. So I cannot wait. I, I'm every week, dude. This is me, listeners. This is me sitting back here and Ian will message, hey man, you got an idea? And I'm like, What you got, dude? And then when you do it, I'm like fuck yeah <laughs> like that's what i do i sit back and like yes you're right let's do it and i love that that we're in that same wavelength man and and i'm kind of at your mercy on some of these and i love it and i did not actually i'm over on letterbox why did i not rank big guns well rank now <laughs> so there you go as we talk see i do it in live time see uh so letterbox tony arzenta bam so cool so uh stay tuned definitely look out for hello it's the doom show Head over to landcreeks.blogspot.com if you want to get the show title. It's over on the right side under podcast streams. Click on it. Uh, go ahead and bookmark and follow the podcasters. They're going to be back, so you're going to get new content anyways. And if you like Italian cinema and you like different things like that, man, Richard is is second to none, right? This great dude. Uh, yeah. So I highly recommend that show. Uh, so what you got in closing, bro? Uh, not too much besides the usual. You can check out uh, my blog at uh, com. You can add me on uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, at Urzonomics and add me on Facebook if you want. Heck yeah. Uh, he's always doing some cool stuff. So for me, you know, the regular routine, Facebook, Instagram, and all that. Uh, until next time, man, thank you for tuning in. We always like to say, get your jelly on. LOTC presents Mortis Vision with Gregor Mortis and the Twisted Temptress. Welcome to Mortis Vision with the Mortises. I'm your host, Gregor Mortis, and here is the Twisted Temptress. Hi. Hey, love. How you doing? I am full. You are full. It's Valentine's Day. We're recording on Valentine's Day, of all things. (laughs) Dedication. That's because I was tired yesterday you were tired yesterday <laughs> but we are recording as it is valentine's day we went out and had a good dinner mm-hmm. uh so we got all full and now we're feeling fat and sassy and just ready to burst <laughs> at any moment <laughs> i still want something else <laughs> i know now i do like I, I we've been home for about an hour now i'm feeling like i could probably do a little bit extra or something like maybe we'll go get a milkshake or something mm. Mm, milkshake mm. <laughs> So we'll see what's going to happen, but we are back tonight to finish up the part two of our Kingdom Hospital uh, from Stephen King. 
Uh, we're finishing up that series as we did last episode. This is 359, double-double 29 as we're recording. And uh, we're just going to finish it up, do it a little bit different tonight. Last episode, we kind of went episode by episode. But I think tonight we're just going to kind of just roundtable, talk about the last, uh, what was it, seven episodes, the finale of it. Once again, we do spoil these shows. So if you haven't seen it, uh, know that we do go into spoiler to major spoilers. So uh, if those do bother, you may want to watch the show first before you listen to us. And uh, yeah, Lucian, or as Pearl calls him, Lucifer, the cat, <laughs> uh, he, you might hear him clawing around and playing. He's in play mode right now, so we'll see. <laughs> we had him in a nap mode as we went to eat and come home. Now he's all right, wired up. Yep. Uh, but no, I love that little kid. Me too. He's a good kid. <laughs> so like I said, we're going to be talking Kingdom Hospital tonight. So I will go ahead and give a little uh, disclaimer up front. Next episode, we're just going to do, Pearl and I will be doing some random talk. We'll probably talk about some stuff that we've been watching lately and do some stuff like that. So there won't necessarily be a particular TV series or movie or anything. Uh, we're just going to do some random talk, almost like we used to do back in the day with our bonus episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We're just yeah. going to chill a little bit, right? Of course. <laughs> of course we are. So we'll call it maybe like Netflix and chill. We'll just call it uh, uh, podcast and chill or something. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna we'll just go into some random talk so you got that to look forward to but tonight once again we're talking kingdom hospital so like we like to do before we do these let's play the theme music love to kingdom hospital you ready for this oh yeah here we go such a kick-ass i'm talking like really kick-ass music right i love that thing mm -hmm. and i can't remember who it was that sung that again i know i should have went ahead i'm gonna go to pearl and she's gonna look at me like why did you put me on the spot <laughs> i know it's like hello i do this all the time but the theme song is really catchy and uh it is actually a physical song it's worry about you by ivy worry about you by ivy okay lucifer <laughs> He just flew right by. He just literally done a <laughs> Superman fly here. <laughs> but anyways, love the song. Uh, such a cool song, that. But once again, we're going to get into Kingdom Hospital. We do have the uh, DVD set uh, that came out several years ago, actually. And uh, as I'm looking around, I know I've got my disc. Oh, there it is. Duh. I've got the second <laughs> part disc here. But this was released by Sony. DVD set I have. It's a two-disc set. Or actually, I'm apologize. It's a four disc set, but it has uh, two cases. Pretty cool. Uh, but in the entire series, Kingdom Hospital. So once again, uh, I'm gonna name off the actual episodes here that are, we're gonna cover tonight. But we're just gonna do, like I said, random talk. So episode eight was called Heartless. It aired Thursday, April 22nd, 
uh, and that was 2004, okay? Uh, episode 9 was called Butterfingers, and that's August 29, 2004. Episode 10 was called The Passion of Reverend Jimmy, or if you're on the DVD, it's called On the Third Day, and that was June 24, 2004. Then episode 11's got Seizure Day, which was July 1st, 2004. And then on July 8th, 2004 is episode 12 called Shoulda Stood in Bed. <laughs> and then we had the finale. That was on July 15th, 2004. Uh, so that is the show title names. Uh, so what we found out in season or in our first eight episodes, Love, was we we were finding the earthquakes were happening. Mm-hmm. Right. We were still finding the little girl, Mary, the, the spirit. Um, something was still awry and they couldn't quite find out exactly what her and Anubis, which is the anteater looking thing and, <laughs> and, uh, what the connections are with the, the doll and with her and our, everything going on. Right. Yeah. So we get into these next few episodes going to the finale and we start learning everything now. The cat's out of the bag. The cat's definitely out of the bag. So we do finally get a good uh reveal and a finish okay so we do get to get all that finally a lot of tv series get canceled or whatever fortunately this one made it to the end Mm -hmm. so we were able to get a wrap and be done with it even though they do leave it open sort of open-minded right yeah but uh basically all through this we're still following the story of mary and we're still following the story of dr hook and all these different characters and they're trying to figure out what's going on with mary peter you know which is the i guess you would call him the main guy in this one right yeah so we still got peter all righty so now that we got peter love and we got mary and and we got the Antilopus, Antilopus, however you call him his name. <laughs> <laughs> These last episodes are just all ramped up to finding the finale. Uh, I think what we should do is just kind of sort of get to that, right? Yeah. Um, the one thing we do have is there was a lawyer that was brought in um, that needed a heart transplant. They, the Antilopus, I guess is how he says, and I can never remember say how, Antipas. Uh, he does give him a heart, right? Yep. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's, yeah, it's not the way a you want a heart. A deserving heart. <laughs> a deserving heart for him. We do get that scene. But uh, we do finally get to see what happened to Mary. All right. So what they do, love, is they break it down to where they go back in time. It's like we're able to go back in time, right? Because they all did the seance. And they were able to project themselves back into that time. They can see, like they're walking. With with the help of Mary. With the help of Mary, they can walk around and actually see what was happening and see what happened. And what we know now is that the owner of the town, of the mill, and I guess he was kind of like the mayor or whatever, purposely set this fire. You know, he actually caused the fire of this, uh, that happened at the beginning of the episode, uh, the season, uh, or the series that killed all these kids, right? So he was the cause of this whole thing. And it was to murder these children is basically what he was doing. And we see how that Mary, who was the bell keeper, the timekeeper, she kept a bell on her. And through this whole series, anytime she would ring a bell, one of the people would die. Yeah. Right? So if you heard a bell, you knew somebody was fixing to die. Well, the reason behind that is because of her in the past, that's what she was. She was the time 
you know, when she rung the bell, people knew it was quit time, break time, whatever, right? Yeah. So basically, we're able to see through the eyes of the Peter and Dr. Hook and all of them what happened where the fire was set. Now they know that Mary survived, right? Yeah. Even though they thought all the kids had died, Mary actually survived. But then they murdered her shortly thereafter. When she came out, she was still clueless, right? She found the hat of one of the guys and was going to bring it to them while they were having a town meeting. And the mayor, the guy that caused the fires all, and, oh, we're so uh, devastated about what happened and we'll do no, uh, there's no expense. We'll take care of everything. You know, he's the one that caused this shit, love. Yeah, I mean, she could have spare that but yeah she was a little naive i mean she was trying to do a greater good you know she knew that the guy that happened was given by his mother so she's like well he wouldn't leave it behind so she went to get it yeah because i don't think she fully knew what happened yet while we're knowing this at first Mm -hmm. she's innocent right so she comes to the town meeting and the guy sees her well she goes into another room where the doctor's at and he takes her in there, and he immediately basically ties her down, and he kills her. He He's doing this surgery where it's not a a, a surgery you should be doing, but it's basically to cause them to forget, like yeah. take memories, wipe memories, which is a very painful surgery they do above both eyes, and he does some kind of thing that he came up with. Well, he ended up killing her, right? Mm-hmm. So through this whole finale, what they end up doing is – they go back and they're able to change things, right? They're able to alter a little bit. So they go through and they're able to allow her to see what happened, first of all. And then they're allowed to get justice for what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like they made a fire extinguisher to help put out the fire, all these things. So it kind of altered a little bit of the what happened. But through all this, they're able to stop the earthquakes that's happened in modern time, right? Mm-hmm. Mary's able to finally move on because she was stuck stuck in limbo. Yeah. So she's finally able to move on, love. And everybody is happy other than <laughs> asshole doctor, right? And a lot of souls were released. Oh, there was a lot of souls released. But the one doctor, the main doctor that, that nobody likes in this thing, uh, that little son of a bitch. I tell you <laughs> what, that, that son of a bitch needs to die, right? He's, he's an asshole. And it's funny that he's played by Bruce Davison, who I absolutely love. And he played this character to a T. Like, he is such an asshole. (laughs) But at the end of this thing, you think, because he does somewhat help in what's going on. But then at the end of the whole series, the the whole show, love, he's standing in a corner looking down on on Dr. Hook and everybody as they're leaving victorious, right? Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there with the ghost boy that's the villain. And, an, and another one, and they're sitting, he's like whispering in his ear, the boy is like, you know, you need to get him. And that's when he's vowing that he's going to take revenge. But that's how it ends. I think it was wonderful that they were given that chance to see what actually happened to everyone, mm-hmm. to all the kids. And having that moment, like you said, to change things. Because when they do return, the hospital's quiet and peaceful now. Yeah. You know, there's no more earthquakes, no souls crying, no kids, nothing. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, then they find out when they go in the hallway, it was Mary's hospital. Mm. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they find out that, you know, she got credit and, you know, for helping save kids and stuff. 
That's right. And, they had and, the big old plaque with her name and a picture. Yeah. And then the article that a, a mysterious object that they didn't even know nothing about yet because there was no fire signatures back mm. then. And so the artist guy served his purpose. Yeah, because it's funny because what happened was the the doll that that uh, they had found, right? And they were trying to reconnect Mary. it with Mary. Mm-hmm. They had opened it up, Peter had, and found a, a newsletter inside. It was a newspaper from back in the day when the fire actually happened. So that's when they knew something had physically, Mary had survived or somebody had survived because this was from that day after, right? Yeah. This is the actual newspaper. So we that's how we find out through that and through the show that Mary was alive. And it was the anteater who gave those articles to her to hold. To hold on to, that's <laughs> right. So, but there is, when they altered it, you're right, because the fire extinguisher had not been created <laughs> back then, but Peter kept feeling or kept seeing a, a, air, a fire extinguisher, and he he literally takes chalk <laughs> and he draws a, a fire extinguisher on a wall, and then it mysteriously pops, and there's a fire extinguisher. Made you think of Roger Rabbit. <laughs> it's like a who framed, yeah, exactly, like who framed Roger Rabbit? Let's create this. Let's draw a wheel. What was that episode of... Uh, amazing stories the plane yeah that very first one yeah he was able to draw wheels and they survived because mm-hmm. of that it's kind of that scenario he was able to draw a fire extinguisher out of a wall <laughs> and then boom they get it they put the fire out kids are saved mary's the hero and the hospital's na- now named after her and and everything's great in the world i mean like you said there's peace everything's calm you can feel it there's no more earthquakes and I, I love that. I love the wraparound. I love that they finished the story. I loved where it went. Um, I kind of dug that Bruce Davison's character, Dr. Stegman, was finished by looking down and saying, I'll get my revenge. You know, So they kept it kind of like, oh, we could do another one if they, they renew us for another season, even though I think they did it right and ended it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a fun show. This was a fun show. It wasn't his best. When we look at Stephen King, by any means, I... I I'll be honest, stuff like Storm of the Century and Salem's Lot, which is a mini-series, and you take stuff like that, was way better. It's still a good thing to pass the time. Yeah, I mean, it's 13 episodes. Um, you could do a hell of a lot worse, Especially man. if you want to see everything of Stephen King, and so it's not that bad. No, it's not. And I would actually, let me look it up before I say this, but it's actually one of those that I think it's still fairly readable out there as far as being able to purchase Kingdom Hospital. Let me look up on uh, on Amazon as we're recording and see if they have the actual DVD set still. Uh, so they have it for thirty two ninety nine. Says only one one left in stock. So I don't know if it's restockable. It's probably I would imagine still available on in eBay or something. Yeah. But if you can pick it up at a used like a secondhand store or something like that at a, you know under fifteen twenty, I would totally buy it. Yeah. And I could see us rewatching this in the future. Yeah, uh, too. I mean, it's worth having in the collection. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, we're Stephen King nuts, so we try to collect <laughs> a lot of Stephen King stuff. So we're a little biased on that. But um, this is a fun watch, love. It was. I think the acting, and, and I think we was able to, through 13 episodes, I think you get familiar with the characters a little bit more each episode. I think everybody had their own time, right? Yeah. So I think they did it well enough that, you know, we had our time with Bruce Davison. And by the end of this show, there's a, I call it a running joke. That's what I call it is Dr. Stegman's car. How in the first episode we meet Dr. Stegman, 
his car gets vandalized. Every episode, something else is happening to that car. <laughs> By the end of this show, like, he has no doors. He has no... <laughs> well, before the doors, it was uh, sprayed on. <laughs> yeah. It was tagged, uh, position healed thyself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah position healed thyself. <laughs> It's just like this This car, by the end of it, it, it had to be a running joke, the way that they made this happen. But <laughs> but uh, I love how that become like a running joke with Dr. Stegman, what's going to happen on his car this episode. So I kind of dug that. I love Dr. Hook. I love Andrew McCarthy, and he's such a cool actor, and I loved his character, Love. I just I just like this episode. So uh, it's Kingdom Hospital. I recommend it. Check it out. Uh, I don't know where I would rate this. Cause I don't really rate TV series as necessarily like one to ten. That's kind of hard to do. So it's like a three to five. Yeah. So to me, it's just it's an average to good show. So check it out. But uh, other than that, love, and that is kind of the wrap up of that. I know this is kind of short, but I do want to talk about some other stuff, right? Sure. Let's talk some other stuff because we've been talking, we've been watching some other stuff. We've been doing our prep for 1971. Yeah, like for example, right now we're watching uh, My Cat from Hell. <laughs> my Cat from Hell. <laughs> oh, poor Pearl. Yep, My Cat from Hell. We've been watching that, but we Pearl watches a lot of TV. Because when you're an insomniac, you you have all the time in the world. So see, yeah. at night I'm sound asleep. I'm in La La Land. I'm dreaming about Michael Myers slashing somebody. Pearl's awake. So she's watching movies, right? Movies or TV shows. I am a creature of habit, though. Mm-hmm. I will rewatch something, even though I watch it in the morning or watch it in the oh afternoon. Oh my god! I mean, but I do go through series. I mm. do go through uh, Tubi movies, <laughs> and I do go through mini series and all this other kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I watch quite a lot. Quite a bit. I mean, Pluto TV's on regular and whatever they're watching. If Urban Cowboys on, Pearl's going to watch it or something like that. <laughs> She's seen that like fifty times this week. So, I mean, it, that, that's kind of what we do, but we just watch, we watch a lot of TV. We do. Yeah. Just with prep here lately, uh, we do a little bit less of TV watch, or at least I do. Well, I'm a little less. Well, for you, it's harder because minus work hours and sleep hours, mm-hmm. you only got a small time frame for the LOTC Tuesday, you know. I do. I get like three hours. And, and then Black Club Mystery. Yeah. And then Day of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot on my plate, but I, I love every second of it, so I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> but I just don't have a lot of time to invest in TV shows that are long, and, and when we're recording weekly, it's hard to get all those in. <laughs> and <laughs> then I trying. watch it twice, because even if I watch it first, then I still got to watch it again, because you got to watch it. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's this is what we love doing, so we love doing these shows, right? And I think we're going to put it out there, love. You want to put it out there about Mortis Vision? Me? Yeah. No, you. Me? So, we we want to hear from you, right? We want to know from the listeners, how do you like, do you like Mortis Vision? You like where we're at, what we're doing with it? Uh, you want to continue with it, those type things, because we love recording, right? Yeah. And if we can do something different that would make you guys happy, then we'll be happy to do that. Yeah, we just want to hear feedback. I mean, that's all we want. We want feedback about Mortis Vision because we want it to be something that everyone's into. I know a lot of people are, I won't say a lot of people, but there are some people that just don't watch TV shows, right? Yeah. So we just want it to be something relevant, something that everybody's into. Uh, So if you want something uh, a little different, 
or whatever, just give us suggestions and, and we'll look at maybe changing up a little bit of the format of Mortis Vision or we'll keep doing what we're doing or, or we'll back up and do something different, right? We're always evolving. Yeah. <laughs> we just want it to be something that's entertaining and not something that you just are like, yeah, I'll just cut it off and we'll move on. <laughs> so we got to hear from you, though. We want to hear. We don't hear no feedback. We don't know what to do, right? Exactly, because I'm curious a lot. I mean, I never really hear feedback, so that's why I'm thinking, do they even like us? <laughs> <laughs> make Pearl feel welcome, like make her feel loved, right? She wants to hear. I'm now, this sorry. message. I, I, I'm like that. I, if I don't hear anything, then I'm, I don't want to waste no one's time or even our own. So I'd be like, let's do something different if that's the case. You heard it from her, so message Pearl if you got any suggestions. Give us some <laughs> feedback. Comment. We don't get no comments over on the blog spot, which I know most people listen through other platforms like, I, uh, I guess it's Apple Podcast and Spotify, different things. I know very few people go to the actual blog spot to listen, but there is a, a, a post over there every episode, and you can comment over there, and we like to try to see that. Kaiju Nick, I know you, buddy. You you comment. I think Kaiju's the only one who comments <laughs> over there. I like when he does, though. I do, too. He always gives that wrestling quote wrestling at the end. I love yeah. it. Absolutely love Kaiju. But, man, let's start filling that up or head over to the uh, group page and start giving out suggestions. Do you like what we do with Mortis Vision? Do you want something different? Do you want to change it up? Is there something different you want us to do? Uh, we're taking suggestions, and we'll go from there, right? Yeah, because I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> oh. I am, actually. I still am. She's, she's my baby, though. I love her. <laughs> so, it's Valentine's Day. It's kind of short and sweet, but that's where we're going to keep it because it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's the day of love. And we love you, the listeners. That's why we're recording right now. <laughs> and while we're letting Lucifer run wild, and we're going to hog time here in a second. And I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah, but the difference is between you and I, like, you're looking at him to make sure he's not jumping on something. I'm looking at him to make sure he doesn't attack me. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't attack you, but I'm looking to make sure he's not biting cords or something. <laughs> uh, but we love our kitty. But, man, we appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you enjoyed the Black Glove Mysteries. Ian and I reviewed a couple movies earlier, and we loved doing these Black Glove Mysteries and stuff and then here with mortis vision so that has been your episode stay tuned as the next one that you'll hear from lotc will be our top five horror movies from the year 1971 uh and then we got some other cool stuff down the pipe man we got some really cool shows coming up i know you listeners are going to be excited uh so we love you if you ever need anything from us message us we're open 24 7 right yeah whether it's pearl myself whatever group page messages call the hotline whatever you want to do excuse me if you ever need anything come to us and we're there for you uh 100 and just ahead of time too because i was asked a couple of times by different members lotc tuesday will have guests again soon but mm -hmm. for the meantime we put a pause on the guests because you know either one still healing you know, me, my, myself, and I here <laughs> yeah. still healing myself as well. And, you know, things have been kind of getting a little tidied up. So it's like once everything gets calm and situated again, you know, we'll have guests on again. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, like, look in 2023, I, I, I dare say 85% of our episodes we had guests on. 
Yeah. Right. And we love having we guests. We love having guests, and that's why we do it. It's it's just part of our DNA. <laughs> we love it. But if it. we can't give everything 100% yeah. with ourselves, then, you know, we feel bad that we can't give 100% to the guests. So, exactly. You know, so that's kind of why right now for the yeah. time being. And there's a lot of shows I know we've got lined up down the line that we'll be calling on guests to pop up on. So we're, we're super excited. Yeah, because we remember. We, oh, I yeah. wrote it down. Oh, yeah. Remember who has what and who. Oh, yeah. Stay patient. Stay patient. We're going to have some first-timers come on, some old-timers like us. <laughs> so that's what we got coming up. But but thank you so much. We love you and, and appreciate everything that you do. Uh, this horror community is so strong and so loving and so precious, and I, I'm so proud to be part of this group. I do have... We, we posted... I'm going to go ahead and make a disclaimer here about the Land of the Creeps anniversary love. <laughs> Because oh, I, I did a boo-boo, right? <laughs> I had Pearl post about our anniversary coming up, which was... Uh, February 12th. February 12th, right? It would have just happened. Would have been the first Three episode. days ago. First episode. Well, that was my boo-boo, because I said it was 2013. It wasn't 2013, listeners. That was the <laughs> first time that I debuted it on the blog spot, which meant we'd already recorded several episodes, and... Uh, we were part of a network called Horror Palace, and Horror Palace went under. Well, when Horror Palace went under, we had to start our own feed because our feed went straight to Horror Palace, okay? So all these episodes started, I started uploading past episodes on February 12th, 2013. <laughs> that was not our debut. I know it's somewhere in 2011 for the uh, Land of the Creeps. And I'm getting narrowed down. And once we find out that anniversary date, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name it. I will come on an episode and tell you the actual anniversary date of the very first episode of Land of the Creeps. It was Double uh, H, Haddonfield Hatchet, myself, and Bruno the Zombie Man was our very first debut episode. I had already been around a little while. I think I officially started around 2009 uh late early 2010 with the creeps or feature horror show but as far as land of the creeps <laughs> i will get an exact date i'm um i've got somebody on the on the uh search for that and he should have me some information by the end of today as we're recording uh to let us know exactly uh when it was so i can let you know How's that, listeners? That's because I want to get that exact date, but yeah. I did want to make sure it was not Pearl's fault. <laughs> I, I had told her 2013, February 12th. That was my total boo-boo. <laughs> it was not 2013 when Land of the Creeps was created. It was in 2011. I just don't know the exact date, but I'll get that to you. Uh, not that it really matters, but just letting you know. All you, There's several of you listeners that's actually been with us since day one. I know. I was so proud to hear that where like, some of them were saying, like, I've been there since the start. Chris Cook. Because obviously, like me... Mm -hmm. I didn't even know you even had a podcast. I didn't even know what the hell what that. Yeah, you came in 2018, <laughs> so I mean, you're talking seven years after we'd been going. I mean, we've been going a pretty good while. So, and I won't lie, I myself still need to be one of those people that need to start from one. All right. <laughs> I went back and listened to the first two episodes of Land of the Creeps. Now it's hard. Listen, I will let you know. It, it, you can't go to like Apple and do that, hmm. and you can't go to spotify to do that because they only put like the last 15 to 20 episodes yeah that's true because i couldn't find some of them so the only way you can do it 
is go back to landofthecreeps.blogspot.com. you got to actually physically go to the website. <laughs> and the player, for whatever reason, doesn't show up when you click on it, or at least not on mine. Yeah. But you got to click the download. When you click the download, that takes you basically to the player, and then you're able to listen to it, okay? <laughs> so I listened to the first two episodes at work today, and whoo! <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, dude. <laughs> Hear it, hearing yourself from 2011 and now it's 2024 wow dude and and i was still green even though i'd been podcasting for a couple years or at least a year and a half dude it was fun to go back and listen we had uh zombie man bruno who we lost in cancer unfortunately and then uh of course haddonfield hatchet and we had our format set up. Some of you know it. Some of you have listened to it. I know Dave Z. Some other people have gone back and started listening from the beginning, and I really appreciate it. Just bear with the fact that, you know, time has changed. I have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked back then. My voice was a little too, a little graspier. You were smoking on the podcast? I did smoke on the podcast sometimes. Oh, I did. Not all the time, but I did do it sometimes. There's quite a, a difference that you didn't have hair then now you have hair. i had no hair back then i was bald a different lifestyle <laughs> let's just say that and so there may be things that you'll hear that'll be like wait a minute that's not about pearl but pearl was <laughs> she came in 2018 and thank god she did because she saved my life dude <laughs> literally she literally saved my life so you'll notice a difference from 2018 when pearl <laughs> premiered in my life, you'll notice a total difference in my <laughs> my uh, demeanor than what it was before. Uh, but go back and listen to them. Hey, shit, dude, man, they're fun. And I still have, uh, Dr. Dirty did send me some episodes, and I've said this before. Uh, he did send me a few episodes of Creature Feature Horror Show back in the day day. So I will, I'm, I will sprinkle them in as a bonus somewhere on one of the episodes I'll, I'll do a few of them so you can kind of hear the very creation of greg amortis uh when i actually called myself i think i called myself dr greg or something like that and then by the end of the episode i said greg amortis like literally i didn't even know what my my name was going to be yet so you gave I'm, yourself your own name i gave myself my own <laughs> name during the episode like it was crazy it was meant it was meant to be so <laughs> you you can hear all that on the very first episode episode of creature feature horror show I'll debut it on here sometime or another in the future. Stay tuned. I do have it on a CD, and I'll have to just get it uploaded. It'll be fun. <laughs> I think it'll be fun to go back and let y'all hear some of that. I would like to know what are some of their favorite like mm. episodes were. It would be fun. Yeah, let us know. Like, it, Especially if you've been with us any length of time. I know, like I said, I, I mentioned Chris Cook, because I know Chris has been with us through uh, Horror Palace and through a lot of different time frames. So I know he's been... Uh, one of the main, I don't say main, but he's been with us from the beginning. Uh, so I'm just curious, what are some of your favorite episodes of the land of the creeps or creeps your feature horror show or guests or whatever, you know, it'd be kind of fun to know. Um, I, like I said, I, I very seldom, and I honestly, I never go back and re-listen to myself. I hate to hear myself talk, but I did today because I was trying to find a date <laughs> and that's how I know. The first episode was around 2011 because by the second episode, I'd went to Horror Hound Convention in Cincinnati and it was November 11th to the 13th. Two years off. <laughs> so I know for a fact, episode two happened after Horror Hound. Episode one, it was still, we was advertising Christmas. So it was somewhere in 2011, but I'll get y'all an exact date. <laughs> I know it was on a Wednesday because <laughs> we aired them on Wednesdays. <laughs> 
Every two weeks. So anyway, we're, we're just rambling. We're <laughs> rambling. All right, let's close this out, love. So what do you got for closing for this episode? The Kingdom Hospital was fun. Give it a watch. You know, add it to your uh, Stephen King collection if you're completed. Mm-hmm. Like we are. <laughs> yep. And happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And until next time. There you go. And we do want to say happy Valentine's as we're recording. It's already happened now, so we're talking in the past, but letting you know happy Valentine's Day uh, in the past. But uh, thank you. You can follow us over at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Litterbox. Uh, Litterbox. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the cat. I'm saying Litterbox. Letterbox. <laughs> Lucian, you little brat. Uh, but no, Letterbox, all these places. You can email me anytime if you need anything. Email Greg Amortis, that's G-R-E-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S, 666 at gmail.com. I promise you, your computer will not blow up with the 666 in it. <laughs> but Greg Amortis, 666 at gmail.com. If you ever need anything, uh, send us a message. If you just want to say hi or you uh, want send us some feedback that way, send it to us and, and we'll respond to you, okay? So with that said... Until the next episode, which is our top five horror movies of 1971. Uh, We'll see you on the flip side. Help keep horror alive. We'll do that one movie at a time, one review at a time. Peace.